Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. It's time you stop reading other people's success stories, really, and stop. Let's really start writing your own. I always tell people to leave with their gifts. Gifts, we call them passion. We call them internal beliefs. We call them things that we believe in is our next level of opportunity. It can be physical, can be intellectual, can be spiritual, but that is a gift. And don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My interviews that I do on Money Making Conversations provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and really industry decision makers. My next guest is an industry decision maker. His name is Anton Barnes. Over 15 years in the music industry as a record executive, Rockefeller Records, uh, Sony Loud Records, Universal Motown Records, Couch Records as regional and national director of promotions, he left the music industry. Right there is key because a lot of you out there are sitting in positions where you want to transition, you want to move, but fear stops you. So in 2009, he started, he decided to start the Brand Architects, which is a form that specializes in pro athlete uh, individual brand development. I know a lot about brand. I've been fortunate to work with a lot of high-profile talent, and branding is a word that's thrown around a lot. I remember when I started in 2000 with Steve Harvey, and I brought up the idea of branding to him in 2002. Did nobody know what I was talking about? But I worked at IBM, and I always felt that if a company can have standards and and brands and and can stay there an individual, why can an individual have those same standards? Well, that's what he does with pro athlete brand development. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. He's down in PGC, y'all. That's in that DC area. That's Anton <laughs> Barnes. How you doing, Anton? <laughs> hey, I'm great today, Rashawn. How you doing? I Pretty appreciate good. you. How's the weather? On. You know, we all we're in the springtime, you know. It's kind of like that? starting it's 35 when I wake up, 65 when I when I walk out of my office. How's it down there in the, in the PGC? Pretty much the same, you know, today, well, yesterday was in the 30s, tomorrow's supposed to be almost 72, so, See what I'm saying? you know, it's, it's that time of the year. It's time for the grass to turn green. The the beauty of, because, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I know of you, uh, we've talked before, is that you have the ability to communicate. Is that you feel that's, that's one of your true gifts, your ability to be relatable, your ability to communicate with people? I concur. I concur. Um, my one thing I'm a firm believer in is also transparency. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I was born in New Jersey, so I'm very frank with people. You mm-hmm. know, I think there's too many. Uh, how can I say? Um, too many people being misled and, misinfor- and misinformed. I was always taught, you know, I rather you be mad and be. I grew up during the age of constructive criticism. Right. You know, and you know. Listen, we all make mistakes. We all we don't know everything. And the only way you learn is by listening and by making mistakes and, you know, being honest with anyone, because I want that. I want the same treatment to me. You know, don't Mm -hmm. beat me around the bush. Don't feed me no BS. Mm -hmm. Tell me the truth. Mm Because then that's the only way you can make you can fix things or advance or learn yourself. In, In the process of learning now, you know, you have educational learning, you have learning in the streets. And you have learning in life, you know. So, what uh, lay out those three paths that will that have helped you to, from the educational standpoint, the streets, and then life. Well, I uh, 
my father was a very successful uh, black business owner in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So I was, uh, thank God I was blessed to see it forehand. Born and raised in Jersey City, you know, came from very humble beginnings in the projects, my father. Mm -hmm. uh, went on to become a councilman in, in Jersey City in the 80s. Actually initiated the uh, the Jersey City redevelopment project, which is now you see Newport downtown Newport City. Right. So my father was very uh, involved in the community in regards to politics, but also business. You know, he owned business stores, he owned car dealerships. So I was able to see what hard work, but then also I saw with him how you know also the difference being a black man what he had to deal with mm -hmm. but he never let it stop him and he really used it as motivation but one thing i also saw was his connect with the community right he always gave back and took care of the community and vice versa back in those days now unfortunately he passed away uh when i graduated high school so i had to really take lessons that i saw his mistakes and his advancements and use it to myself and then i attended morgan state university HBCU proud Bears in Baltimore. <laughs> so uh went there. And that's kind of that's kind of where I found myself as a man, but also what I wanted to do in the industry. I wanted to sell cars. Right. I didn't want to be in the music industry. I'm mm -hmm. gonna be honest with you. Mm -hmm. You know, it was by chance. Um, me and a, a group of friends of, of mine, we used to throw parties and concerts. And upon a, a chance meeting with Jay-Z, we had Jay-Z. I, I wanted to rare people that could say I had Jay-Z perform for me for free. We had Jay-Z <laughs> perform for us for free for a Faith Evans album release party in the Baltimore Grand. This may have been 1994, 95. Mm -hmm. And uh, upon meeting Jay-Z and the Rockefeller crew, we had them perform. They offered me a position at Rockefeller Records that I couldn't turn down. And that kind of was my, you know, my opportunity, you know, you being an individual like yourself, you know, opportunities come. You got to be able to go with it. Don't be, like you said, fearful or scared of opportunities, because sometimes that may take you on a path that you never even intended on that could take you to bigger dreams that you really initially didn't plan on. And you said that because you said, Rashawn, look, I'm, I'm a, first of all, if I go to you, you selling cars and now you just music and now, you know, managing <laughs> and branding athlete. Let's talk about HBCUs. Yes. Uh, and then in 2020, during the pandemic, somehow white America discovered HBCUs, especially corporate America. They decided to start donating. Uh, there's a good and bad to that. Because of the fact that that means that, you know, this is not something new in the black community. What HBCUs was founded due to racism, because they, you can see that they're basically in the southeast part of the country as it rolls up the Eastern Corridor because of racist admission practices and prevented right. black people from trying to pursue next level education. But you went to Morgan State, which is right outside of Baltimore area. Talk about your HBCU experience and then seeing what's happened in 2020 and moving forward, like the All-Star Game, $3 million were donated from the All-Star Game to the HBCUs, uh, uh, athletes who went to PWIs, that's uh, predominantly white institutions, are now focusing their attention on HBCUs. You got to be proud, but you also got to be, you know, what's going on. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I was coming out of high school. I was actually a highly recruited football player. I actually uh, was I had every intentions on playing at Clemson University. I had a scholarship and uh, highly, highly recruited. But going back, I lost my father mm -hmm. uh, literally a month upon graduating. So I actually wanted to take some time for myself. I w mentally just couldn't do it. And mm -hmm. I asked for some time to leave Clemson 
and basically get my mind right. I was mourning the death of my father. Mm-hmm. And I saw how they treated me differently. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Like, mm. they were like, hmm, well, you, you're committed. You know, use it as motivation to hit hard on the football field. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> right, they didn't right. care about my emotional well-being. Right. Mm-hmm. And it rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So that's when I decided to go to HBCU. Now, I always had interest in because I grew up watching school days in a different world. Mm-hmm. And I was always intrigued. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like, wow. So I went to Morgan State, went for a visit and fell in love. And it was the best decision, me personally, that I ever made because I was able to be around like-minded individuals, but that had other interests. Like I was around friends that wanted to be engineers, chemists, mm-hmm. uh, you know, other business professions. Whereas at a PWI, most of the black faces that I saw were just athletes. Mm-hmm. They weren't uh, trying. They didn't have any interest in other professions. So it was a it was a very interesting and great developmental stage for myself because I was able to find out who I was as a man, not just an athlete. And we'll kind of get into that later on what, why I started the brand architects, mm-hmm. but it's like, it was, I went through that personal experience in regards to developing as a man and being at a historically black, black university. And this was in the nineties. Like you said, you know, I go to Morgan now. It's like, I'm in awe. I'm like, wow, they put all this money. Like the campus looks nothing like, <laughs> right, right, right. but you know, the experience was definitely mind boggling. And like you said, now all of a sudden everybody sees the, I call them, the hidden gems mm-hmm. of our society, the HBCUs. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud. I'm glad now people are finally giving them the credit that they deserve because they also need that the support, you know, they, that they haven't been getting for so long. That's really, it's interesting that you say, I even to a campus change. And when you went to, I know I, I graduated at PWI, which was a, a, a university of Houston. Uh, Cougars and uh, yeah. E three uh, slot five slamma jamma Clyde Drexler and uh, I remember Akeem those Lajuan, days Lajuan, the King, Akeem boys, the Dream. And, uh, <laughs> uh, they they lost the championship. I still don't have the ring, so <laughs> I, I could not pay myself. Hey, you still brag about it? <laughs> I, I, can, I, I say I went there, but I couldn't put a ring on my finger, man. They, the way they lost that eighty three championship, right. man. It was so you painful. take credit for it. I take credit for it. I tell you, those are my boys, though. But when you, but you, you're absolutely right. I remember. Uh, when I was at the University of Houston, there was about 35,000 students on campus. It was probably about 2,000 black people. It looked like it was a ton of us but until you yeah. actually went to uh, went to found out how many it really was of us. But it tends to be that the case of where if you go to uh, uh, HBCU, everybody on there are representative of who you are and who you can be. And it feels like a, a much more communal format. But again, when you see the NBA and you... Uh, do what they did on Sunday. You know, the, the HB, the court was HBCU. You see the donations they make, you know, how, how inspiring. I, I'm just saying, man, you know, I didn't go there, but wow. I have to say, wow. When I see that. It's unique for Sean. And I'm going to be honest with you. There 30 years upon leaving Morgan state. There are people we still like, I tell everyone, when you go to a PWI, mm-hmm. you don't know a homecoming until you go to HBCU home. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, 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 it's, yes. To- it's a totally different experience. <laughs> yeah. And I have friends that went to PWIs, and when they, they come to our homecomings, they're in awe. Right. They're like, wow, I should have came to an HBCU. Right, right, right. And, <laughs> and I'm glad you brought that up, too. We There's not just that family love, but we also still do business together. Mm-hmm. See, that's mm-hmm. critical. Mm-hmm. That's critical. Like, I get my advice from black doctors that graduated from Morgan. Mm-hmm. I know 
I know black judges that went mm-hmm. to Morgan. Mm-hmm. Like if I need that, that is unique. And I cherish it because I could talk to people that can relate to me as a black man, but also make that connection on a professional level. You see what I'm saying? Right. Where mm-hmm. I could like, okay, you know, everybody's talking about the vaccine. I'm like, okay, should I take it or not? I have four professional black doctors that I could call to that I went to Morgan State with. Right. And they're going to give me the straight up honest answer. <laughs> yes, you know, take it. I've known them for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. And we do. I got an individual that I'm doing with. He's a Secret Service agent. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually consulting him now because he wants to do something about mental health. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that later, especially in the black community. Yes. So it's like. You know, it's not just a family. It's a family, but it's also business unification. I call it as well, too. Absolutely. I'm going to let you know, I cheated, though, Anton, because, see, I went to University of Houston and I could walk down to Texas Southern University. All right. And then I could drive 45 minutes to Prayer View A&M. So I cheated, Anton. I cheated. Now, I'm going to lie to you. Take I cheated. It in. I know those homecomings were something. You, listen, good thing they didn't have social media back then, right? Absolutely. I cheated. I'm just going to let you know. He said, what are you talking about? Yeah, brother. I walked right down to Texas Southern University and drove 45 minutes up to Prayer View Panthers. The Tigers hey, and the Panthers. They probably thought you went there. Absolutely. The Tigers and the Panthers had this cougar right here locked up. <laughs> look, so, look. so you got a taste of it then. So you, so you know what I'm talking about. That's what I got to tell you. I cheated. I cheated, Anton. I cheated. Well, let's talk hey, about you a little bit back. more. We live in a capitalistic state. There's a lot of cheating going Absolutely. on. But anyway, I won't go Absolutely. Let's talk about the brand Octocat. You know, the, the reason behind it, you're an African-American man, you're a black man. You know, uh, we live in a society where black athletes have a short window and they make can make a lot of money. And we heard the horror stories about black athletes spending more money and walking away broke, not understanding how or why they, they, they do with their money. I don't know if I hear that story as much now, Anton, but you know, one time it was pretty bad. So talk about why you started the brand Architects. Well, I started the brand Architects back in uh, 2009. While I was in the music industry, I would meet these athletes, of right. course, you know, because we would always have these concerts and parties and in the club. So we would always meet. And I had an interesting conversation with Vernon Davis. Vernon mm-hmm. Davis was actually the first NFL player I started working with. And he would always tell me how he was interested in other things. Like right. he was like, Anton, there's other things I want to do besides being known as a football player. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, how do I go about that? And I, at the time, I was kind of brushing. Well, I'm like, Vernon, I got too many artists. I got to, right. you know, I don't have time for this. But then I started doing research. Mm-hmm. And but let's, started- let's tell everybody who Vernon was. Now, he was the number six pick in the draft. You know, University of Maryland, tight end, San Francisco 49. The sad part about that, I know all that. And then you, I didn't know you were going to bring up his name. That's the sad part about this conversation. So yeah, let yeah. everybody know, it wasn't just a low-level guy talking to you. <laughs> this was and had one of the best I mean, physically built bodies in the NFL was was him. I was on tour with Nelly and Cash Money, so I was like, whatever. <laughs> but Vernon, yeah, you're cool. Like, what? you know, I was like, dude, like, I don't get awestruck. And I tell him straight up, like, I tell him, I'm not a fan. Like, right. you know, I'm I've been on tour with Prince. I've been on I've been around Brian McKnight's been to my house. Like, right, I'm right. like, okay, I don't get into all that. It's mm-hmm. about the person, you know, mm-hmm. that's what matters to me. Right. And when I started doing the research, I saw simil- a lot of similarities between artists and athletes mm-hmm. and how the record label pretty much sucks the artist dry 
runs them like literally one week you're relevant the next week you're not and i started seeing that and i sat back and i did the research and athletes and i met i met an athlete i won't say his name he's a hall of famer Mm -hmm. and i met him at super bowl event and i mean when i saw what he was going through in regards to mental health Mm -hmm. financial Mm -hmm. uh just identity crisis Mm -hmm. in regards to and he had a conversation we had a very in-depth conversation he said anton there's so many things i would have done differently while i was still playing than now and Mm -hmm. see and that's the thing why i started the brand architects i was like okay you know what these young men like we said they come from they go they're they're instantaneous they get money like out of nowhere i mean a lot of them come from nothing so they're instantaneous they're instantly i'm sorry put into a situation where they got all this money but mm-hmm. also they have a lot of relevancy. It's like, okay, now people know your name. Like you said, you know, Vernon Davis, he ran the four, three, eight, 40, you know, he was the fastest tight end, mm-hmm. but what else do we know about Vernon Davis? Mm-hmm. Nothing. We just mm-hmm. know the athlete side. Right. And see, you're not going to be an athlete your whole career. Let's right. be honest here. That's a short period of time. Vernon was in the league for uh, 11 years. That's a rarity. Mm-hmm. You're lucky to get five years in the NFL now. Let's be honest here, especially now. Now it's three to five years. Right. So what are you going to do with this platform to make a transition? That's the, been the issue, Rashawn, is a lot of guys, they they get, I call it the trap. And this is where I'm going to get real deep. Okay. A lot of them depend on their agents to, uh, I guess you could say, take care or run things for them. That's the number one makes, that's the number one mistake that they make. I'm going to just be honest with you. Your agent should only negotiate your contracts between you and the teams. They shouldn't have anything to do with your marketing, your branding, because first off, okay, most agents don't even care about what you want to do. It could be painting. It could be pottery. Like Vernon was into painting. And now he wasn't a Picasso, but since it was Vernon Davis and San Francisco loved him so much, we did art exhibits. You know, we did fashion stuff. We did you know, home decor. Right. Vern, Vernon was not known as being the Renaissance man as he is now. Okay. Emmanuel Acho was one of our first clients. Emmanuel was about to host The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Now, Emmanuel wasn't even a starter on his team when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. But we had a conversation. He wanted to get into sports analysts. He wanted to be an analyst. So he would, on Tuesdays, he would catch a train from Philly to New York and intern at NBC, ABC for free, learning the industry that he did not know. See, if you're just a football player, I tell the, the most important advice I tell any potential pro athlete, have someone when you when you make it. OK, have a team or someone on your payroll does that does not care about football or does not care about basketball. They care about, OK, what you're going to do when you're done playing, because you have to do it while you're in the league. That's when you have relevancy. That's when the opportunities are going to be there for you. Not when you're not when it's over. See, a lot of them, the mistake that they make, a lot of them get trapped into they get convinced into waiting oh don't worry about that until you're done playing well you don't know when you're done playing it takes one weekend that you get hit and it's over and now even with the salary cap structure okay you could be making a league minimum a team doesn't even want to pay you because you your league minimum now you you get aged out a lot of players get aged out that you don't hear about mm-hmm. and then that on that will onset to mental issues too because now all these people that were around them, they're gone, including their agent. Right. And, and a lot of them think they're, they, 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 um, they work for their – no, the agent works for you. He's not your boss. Let's be honest. That's the number one thing. A lot of these guys – the worst thing that I hear a lot of these athletes say, oh, let me talk or ask my agent. Why? Why you have to talk? No, you need to tell your agent, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hire an outside marketing 
branding firm that's going to focus on my lifestyle branding, my image, not my football image. Two, two totally different things. And exactly right. Because like I said, you know, these agencies that you sign with, whether they're, C- I know them all, you know, WMR, CAA, you know, uh, UTA, and they've all developed little sports divisions. And so what they don't do is day to day. They're not there with you. They won't talk to you three or four times a day. What you have to do if you want somebody that know your brand, know your interests, know your good days and your bad days, not somebody who shows up at game time, high fives you, pointing at you from the stand. That's not a person that's going to carry you to the next level. And that's the part that they they make the mistake on because they're allowing these people to make financial decisions and career decisions for them. That, like you said, one Bad moment. And let's take the salary cap this year with the NFL. It has, this is a billion dollar industry. And guess what? The cap was reduced, which means the cap, instead of going up, it was reduced, which is crazy. All right. So it means that athletes are being cut right now, not because they're, they don't have the ability to play in the NFL is because a billion dollar industry has made a decision that they need to reduce the salary cap, which means that players are being cut right now and will take less money for the 2021, 22 season because of the salary cap. This is, this is what you're talking about, the business side. And that's what yeah. you try to protect your athletes and your friends. Yes. Moving forward. Yes. Because I take it personal. You know, it's a sob story. Like, you know, half of our roster, Rashawn, are retired guys. Mm-hmm. They've been out of the league three, four, five years. Mm-hmm. That shows the value on what we do. Because once we, once I sign a client, I tell them, first off, first off, I don't care about football. And if I don't, I don't mm-hmm. even, I haven't been to a game in five years. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go. I'll be honest with you. I know I've got guys, I have guys playing the Super Bowl. I don't need to go for that. I, my job and my team's job is to keep you relevant Monday through Friday. Okay. You know, let's get you in the room. You got these fans cheering for you on Sunday. Let's make you relevant. Let's make sure you're in the room with them on Tuesday. Let's utilize your base to create it to increase your personal value. Okay. see, there's a difference. And even now with the league, let's be honest, the league is all about their brand. You have the brand, the NFL brand, and you have the team and their brand. The more value you put on your individual brand, the actual more value it creates for your agent, because guess what? It's like I tell people, you have LeBron fans. You don't have Laker fans. Wherever LeBron goes, his fan base is going with him. Yes, Tom Brady yes, yes. scenario. Yes. These are, you know, these are big time examples. But it's like if you create your own individual brand, it follows you while you're in the league. But guess what? Most importantly, when you're done with the league. But you you, you have to utilize the platform now. You have to. The interesting part about it, because we're on the same page, because we, we, we're talking about media now. We, we're seeing brands that really, uh, in some ways, are bigger than the football teams. Okay, yeah. especially from a football perspective, we're seeing it being challenged now by by uh, by uh, uh, Dwayne Watson and uh, Houston Texans, and also Russell Wilson. Up in Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, you get that little racism type statement where they should keep their mouth shut. Huh? Okay. Keep your mouth shut. Who who, who are we talking about here? You know, and and usually the person who's saying that was the most vocal person in sports. But now they want to tell athletes who happen to be color of color, they should keep their mouth shut. With social media and we see how athletes are now becoming more and more engaged in entertainment, 
entertainment productions. How do you tell your athletes that you that are still playing and your athletes who are transitioning post-athletics? How do you involve them with the social media growth partition of the partition of the brand as well as the entertainment side of it? Well, social media nowadays is literally your resume. Yes, okay, it is. Let's just be perfectly honest <laughs> with you. When someone brings up your name, the first thing they're going to do is Google you. Okay. And a lot of times what comes up, if you don't have a Wikipedia page, is your Instagram, your Facebook, yeah. your website. But then also what follows, and I'm glad you brought that up, Rasan. What other what other categories will come up? What interviews that you have, con- have you conducted? Like if you're just doing, okay, ESPN or CBS Sports, or and you're just talking about sports, right? Guess what? You're just relevant in the sports arena. So you're just relevant to Nike, Adidas, et cetera, et cetera. You're not relevant to lifestyle brands. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like let's just say hypothetically, if a client's interested in the fashion, Rodney McLeod's one of our clients. He's very right. into fashion. So we set him up with doing interviews with fashion magazines, mm-hmm. talking about fashion, not talking about how many passes he intercepted or how many tackles he had. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? It's about expanding your knowledge while also gaining your knowledge and expanding your relevancy in the, in the other industry, because now you're in the NFL. People want to talk to you. They're yes. interested in what you want to say. And to be honest with you, a lot of the times media, you'll get a better interview out of an athlete if you're talking about things that's not just athletes. Like athletes get tired of talking about how many tackles they had and right. how many. And then they be like, well, that was a sorry interview. Well, you're talking about something that they to them. This is their job. Right. And that's what I tell them, too. I'm like, listen, OK, you're in a unique position. Isn't there something else that you like to do? Football, after a while, isn't fun to them. It's a job. So it's like, okay, let's start investing. You need to invest in cars or, you know, house building, (laughs) whatever your other interests are, because that's the American dream, right? To get paid doing what you like to do. You're in a unique position that the typical 25, 24-year-old young male isn't. So you have this door, that door is that door is cracked open for you where we got to pick the lock and work through it and try to figure out a way. That door is cracked open for you. What are you going to do with it? Because if you wait until you're done playing, guess what? It's shut. The mm-hmm. guy that took your spot has that. Well, you we were talking about, I'm talking to Anton Barnes, you know, the, the founder of the brand architect. And you brought up something I definitely want to talk about before we leave the air, the mental health part of it because athletes uh they seem invincible they seem that they're your heroes but we don't see the 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 the, when they off the main stage or when they retire they land in bed and afraid to get out or can't get out due to some ailment or due to some head injury let's talk about that which is not often discussed you know there was a settlement several years ago and it's kind of been brushed aside but we know that problem still exists out there so let's talk about the mental health side of being a professional athlete the mental health side is very very it's it's brushed under the the league doesn't really want that to get as much shine as it deserves mm-hmm. you know let's be honest here and then especially amongst our black athletes we all know in the you know the black community is a stigma that we're already fighting through you know back in the day you know suck it up or you know <laughs> right, so right. it's you know it's a sign of weakness <laughs> looking for help but it, especially in in, in uh, pro athletes people don't realize especially in the NFL the pressures that these young men go through okay it's such a physical sport. And then it's also, too, availability means if you're not available, you're more than likely going to get cut and the team is doesn't not going to pick you up. You don't know how many times these guys have gone. I see the comments that these people make and they don't realize what when I talk to these guys on Monday, it's like they went through a car crash. Literally, it's it's been proven. 
that their body has been through a car crash. You got these ultimate athletes that can't be, that can barely walk. Okay. So you got the physical aspect, but then Rashawn, the most important thing is the mental aspect. They don't have anyone that they can really talk to. Okay. They can't, you know, it's the, you know, it's, it's not, it's not machismo. It's not man enough to talk about whatever you're going through mentally. And then by the time it comes out, it's too late. You know how many pro athletes have committed suicide and right. killed themselves? Mm-hmm. And people think, oh, it's all financially based. No, it's not that. And then it's also part, like I said, of that transition stage that we focus on. You go from being the man one day to no one calling you. Tory Smith actually put a tweet out the other day saying the same thing. You know, he's like, listen, you know, one day you're the man. Everybody's calling you. Everybody's available. The next day, nobody's answering your call. Your agent won't even, even your agent, most of they're the biggest problems. Okay. Having P, all those people that were around you when you were scoring touchdowns and ducking the basketball, they're gone. Right. And then you don't have anything to transition to. You have se- no self value. And that's what we try to instill in our guys. You have to have self value in you as a person, not just an athlete. I tell you, this has been an incredible interview in 2009. He left the record business and decided to bet on himself. And, and founded the the brand architect. And uh, not only is he changing lives, but he's also improving lives, and especially in the African-American black athlete area arena, not only for himself, but also letting people, you know, you think they had head coaching problems in all these pro leagues. Management and agency is worse. It's worse. And, uh, and, and gentlemen like Anton are very important in breaking down those walls. And I, I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation, Mr. Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, man. I appreciate having, you having me on. And hey, listen, anytime you know, anytime hey, you call, be, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Because I, man, I'm going to tell you something. We could have, it's like, 30 minutes. We've been talking. We and need more time. We, got, yeah, we need a part two. Because we haven't even talked a, about the PGC yet. You know, that was part of the stuff off air. We said we're going to talk about PGC. And yeah. so the whole experience. <laughs> and so know that we're going to get back on the line real quick here, probably around draft time, a little bit after that. Come back okay. on the show. And I, I consider your friend, my brother, he has like some barbershops in the D.C. area. So, you know, the COVID died down. I'm going to be back out there often like I was previously. And we're going to connect. But uh, importantly, most importantly, I just wanted to share your story about the brand architect, who you are, and, uh, and, and 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 how you are changing the game. And I appreciate you. I appreciate it. And hey, listen, I'm trying to keep over there. You're a trailblazer yourself, so it's always a privilege to be on here with you. Thank you. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversations interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I am Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. 